Jimmy Smagula. If you want to support the podcast, and I hope you do, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying enough to support us a little bit. We have a Patreon page. We have a link tree on the Instagram accounts that you can click. You can go to Patreon. You can go to PayPal. You can Venmo me at Jimmy Smagula. There's many ways you can support the podcast. I appreciate it all. You know, I am, I'm giddy. I'm giddy this week. I am, I'm beyond excited, first of all, to try this food that so many of my friends have had and I've never eaten it. I've been a little afraid. I don't know why, but I also am giddy because I have the most incredible guest this week. She is an Academy Award nominated actress. Yes, you heard that right here on my little podcast. And she is a hell of a good poker player, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? You are so nice to do my little podcast. Thank you so much. Well, it's so good to see you or hear you, as they say. And um, you you look just the same as when we used to do those shows. Remember when we did those living room shows? Yes, we met doing these, you know, our, our mutual friend, Ileana Douglas, used to, in Los Angeles, do these kind of secret living room cabaret shows. And you and I both performed. And the minute I met you, I just fell in love with you. You had been up all night playing poker. Oh, my God. I didn't even want to bring this up. In fact, that was like one of the first times I quit poker. I had been playing <laughs> all night long, lost a fortune. And then I still, I, was, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning when I kind of like lost the last of my money. And then I said to the guy, oh, do you have a bed somewhere that I said a clean bed? I did say a clean bed because, you know, poker games are full of, they call them massage girls, but, you know, oh. they massage you. And I go in this room and it's the room the girls would use to change or undress or I don't know what. There were little puddles of um, massage girl clothing, which is like kind of like stripper clothing, <laughs> where they just kind of dropped all their clothes like they melted or something. The shoes, the dress, the, you know, not clean underwear, little piles around oh like little, little potholes in the room. And then I got in the bed. It was super crusty. And I was like, this so is not a clean oh bed. My, you know, of you course, deserve a better. guy would say that. And then I lay in bed. And, and back then I had a license plate that said D-Gen. Because that's what they would call me, like Jennifer. And I spell it D-E-J-E-N, D-Gen. And everyone right. thought it was really funny when I would roll up to the poker game in my Bentley and the <laughs> license plate said D-Gen. They thought that was hysterical. And I thought, why do I get that license plate? It's a self-affirming prophecy. There's nothing funny or amusing about being a DJ. And I lay in bed and I texted my, my assistant. I said, please get me a new license plate. So then I go down the hill and I just feel like 
grubby and dirty. I've been playing for like, I don't know, more than 24 hours. Oh. I hadn't slept. And you, you know, told me how much you lost, by the I way. Did. I will not say, I will not say it, but you Do did tell me it. the amount. And I gay gasped so hard because <laughs> I thought, oh my God, it was more money than like my parents ever made combined when I was growing up in well, a year. You, you were so sweet because you were kind of like, oh, that's okay. And I thought like, yeah. you know, I used to play at Norby Walters and it was a $50 buy-in and you were thinking like, well, Jennifer's a pro. It's probably more than that. Like maybe she lost $200, $300. And I, I, I swear I was probably as white as a sheep, but then I was trying to pull it together because we were about to rehearse this really fun throwback 1930s show. And you were so sympathetic. I thought, no, I just got to tell him like, you know, it's like where someone says, you know, to someone, I lost the body part. And you're like, oh, that it's okay. You know, you can manage. And then I go, no, it was my head. (laughs) I know. I know. I wanted to like go and go to like the diner and buy you lunch or something just to like. You were so sweet and you, you cheered me right up. We had a really fun rehearsal. I love this show and when I was describing you because I kept saying I have to do a podcast and my boyfriend he's sort of a genius which means he's like the absent-minded professor so he'd say well who is this podcast get and I had and honestly I had to I had to describe you three or four times I would say Jimmy and I called you Jimmy Smegula because I never pronounced your last name so I just thought that that's how I but I always think of your first and the last name and I go you know that guy that sings Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, That's which, me. which is me, which is like, uh, I'm an actress. So of course it's an iconic song, but then I'd have to sing a little bit because, you know, you would bring the house down every oh. show we did. But I would say to Phil, you know, sit down, you're rocking the boat. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And Phil's face would light up and he'd go, oh, that guy. And oh, then, I met him at the very first one. Yeah, he'd be like, who is your, who's the podcast with again? And the thing which I loved about this show, and I love Ileana, she's so so quirky and she creates such fun evenings because for a while I had like an unpaid career going around to book sh- bookstores reading um you know chapters from her book I don't know if you did this oh, but yes. I'm actually in one chapter her book is called um Bla- I blame I Dennis, blame Hopper. Dennis Hopper right and it's hysterical stories from her very strange you know upbringing and her life as you know the quirky she's always the quirky one like Ileana and I are always a, I don't know why I was never the leading lady because I'm gorgeous but back then I thought of myself as this weird character actress and I would say I'm not the girl next door I'm the girl next door to the girl next door or the girl down the street because I was always up against Joan Cusack, Ileana Douglas, all the strange quirky girls and I was proud because I thought it was good to be a character actress but obviously to be a leading lady you get so much more money and I look back at me myself then and I was I was Gorgeous. Oh, it's a brilliant actress. Oh what was that doing pratfalls and talking in a funny voice? Don't you think that that's part of the reason why you work so much and you have been so successful is that you are this gorgeous woman and yet you can play comedy so brilliantly and you have such a unique voice as well. So don't you think that's part of it? My very first movie that I ever did was with um, John Cryer. And it was his very first movie too. And he said, he was telling me about, he was very excited the first day on the set because he was like, he had just turned 18. He didn't have to have his tutor on the set anymore. And we were all playing high school students. And um, Demi Moore was the older woman that he fell in love with. She was older, older back then. I don't know how I try to lie about my age. I always get caught. And so, (laughs) but I was playing a high school student and I just felt like 
so not superior to him, but oh my God, he's so young because the age gap back then, now I think of us as the same age, but I had gone through college. I graduated from, I had a BFA in theater. You know, I think I might've been, you know, probably 23 or something, maybe 24, but you know, the gap between 18 and 23, it's it's huge. But then the gap between, you know, when you get up there, I'm going to say 45 and 50 is like, Oh, we're the same age. Like I'm a lot of friends that are 10 years younger than me. I just think like we're the same age, you know, and my boyfriend's a little younger than me. And I was very worried about it, you know, when he was in his thirties, but now (laughs) the years crept by like 18 years later and like magically we're the same age in, in my mind. But he used to annoy me a little bit when we first dated saying, I really like older women. I was like, I'm not an older woman. (laughs) Stop saying that. Don't call me an older woman. Have you been um, with your boyfriend, Phil, for 18 years? I think maybe even, maybe even 19 years, but but the living room show, I wanted to do it for my ex-husband, Sam, because yes. I, and we didn't get around to it because, you know, he was he had mm. terminal cancer. Yes, yes. We were always thinking of ways to entertain him. Like we get have poker games. We bring poker. We get some of those dealer dolls over. We yes. play semi high stakes poker. And um, but we kind of didn't get around to it. But I'm so sad that the theater is now shuttered in London and in New York because people need theater. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was on tour with Les Mis when this all happened. Did you know know my friend Jennifer Butt? Jennifer Butt. (gasps) I know who that is. She's the original Madame Tenardier on Broadway. Yes. Because I played Tenardier on tour. Oh my God, you guys would have loved each other. You would have been so good together. Oh my God. Well, if you talk to her, you have to tell her that the reason I am an actor at all mm-hmm. is because of Les Mis. And it is because of that original Broadway tape, cassette tape that uh-huh. I had that my cassette dad tape. bought me. Right. That she was Madame Tenardier on. So she I knew is the, the reason. lines to all the songs. You oh know, I'm God. I'm a failed I wouldn't say failed musical. I think because uh in uh in the what was it the Fabulous Baker Boys I played a terrible singer. So I think yeah. there's this perception of me as a terrible singer, but I'm not I'm not a trained singer. I I love musicals so much. And it doesn't matter how bad the musical is if there's tap dancing I'm in heaven. Have you ever taken a tap class? No, I like to watch. I'm a terrible dancer too. That's I've been asked to be on Dancing with the Stars. I love Dancing <gasps> with the Stars, but I could not humiliate you myself. You have that to way. do Dancing with the Stars. I couldn't do that to my partner. He'd be like, Jennifer Tilly, she's probably great. And then we're like, the, the, well, my Chucky fans would keep me on for a couple of weeks. And then yeah. reluctantly, they would have to vote me off. They'd be like, oh, this is so painful to watch. I had a friend who was on Dancing with the Stars and she told me, which I didn't think or know, that the longer you're on it, the more money you make. I think that that's true. And that's where you you feel like you're, you feel, I always feel bad where I'm responsible for somebody else. So if a dancer, when a, you know, the professional dancer is gets um, paired with somebody that has to two left feet it's really disappointing because of course they want to shine but then they're out of a job when you get voted off so there were worse people than you on that dancing with the stars and you're a very hard worker i mean i can't imagine that you know. I, I know the guy who does the costumes and i love him <laughs> like terry for a week i think you what? should do it i'll vote for you every week i don't even watch the show and i would they watch say it they tell you who they're, they're sort of like they send someone to your house to work <gasps> if, if you really want before the show even yeah, starts so you yeah. can like rehearse all summer long and then you come out and dazzle that's why a lot of times their first number is really good and then they kind of 
because they've been working on the first number for like four a months month. and then all of a sudden they have to learn to dance in a week right but, you know also i'm old like i've seen pictures like wendy williams tweeted a picture of her feet that are all swollen up and everyone's throwing out their muscles and yeah it's hard i mean even doing eight shows a week in les mis which Chenardier, the role mm-hmm. is not the f- very physical role but i was exhausted i was getting like cramps it's in my legs really and my back hurt well though because because you're super it's super clowny or you know yeah. a lot of physical comedy and and i had to know, climb a ladder and don't you crawl through the sewer i go through the sewers and i'm dragging body i was yeah, dragging just, body yeah you pick yeah. up the young fella and you that's put him right. over your shoulders i that's don't know if that's right. how you did it right? i just wow. had to drag him in this in this production well, thank yeah. god i didn't have to pick him up i remember once i i had to drag daryl hannah who i did three movies with daryl hannah and you know she seems sort of floaty and everything she is as smart as a whip and there was one scene where she grew, i'm supposed to grab her by the hair and drag her out of the room by her hair and she goes just grab it she goes grab it near the roots and that way you know it won't hurt as much and oh. i did she had all these extensions in <gasps> and that some of them fell out and i was like you know it's, it wasn't working and then she goes she goes if we get a little cart and um i will she had a long dress she says i'll lie on the back of the cart and of course the stump people nobody else came up with it and she says and then i'll struggle but you'll actually be wheeling me out and they ran and they got one of those little i love it smooth things on and it was really low to the ground and she lay on it and i grab her by the hair she's like what <laughs> she's making all this commotion and i'm I mean, doing exertion sounds and i worked perfectly i'm like oh this girl God. is genius oh one thing just to finish where i start i, I start talking as you notice, and then I just lose track. <laughs> no, you're the best. I want to ask you a little bit about poker mm-hmm. because you mm. are the first celebrity to ever win the world championship of poker, or what is well, it? it was, uh, know, um, where did you learn how to, why do you play poker? I, I won a gold bracelet at the, yes. it was the ladies event at the World Series of Poker. And my dad had what they call a poker problem, but I didn't know because I didn't grow <laughs> up with him. Like my parents were divorced and my mom took us all up to Canada with her crazy uh, hippies, um, my step my stepfather. And I really kind of didn't see him again until after I graduated oh, from college. Wow. And, you know, and then we sort of reconnected. And he had a game that he loved to play and he actually gave it to me. And it's called the World Series of Poker. And I remember we were playing it and I loved this game. And when we were um, at his house, his wife would get really anxious. And she, you know, she's a really mellow person. She'd yeah. be like, it's dinner time, it's dinner time. And we'd be like, just, we just have to finish this hand. Like, you know, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna, then she would get very upset. And that's because I didn't even realize until after he passed away. Becky said, my other sister said, oh yes, yes, yes. He had a, a gambling problem. Wow. And she said he would go out to poker games and he come home with like a jade necklace or what because my dad was Chinese yes and it's very ingrained in the Chinese culture the first deck of cards was invented in China in like the year 1400s I didn't know that I'm not sure of the date but the very first deck of cards invented in China and I remember when I saw it was it anything goes and the preacher comes on the boat with two Chinese people that he was trying to reform and they were gamblers. And I was like, my peeps. And every time they start, you're supposed to be upset. They start up a poker game or dice or whatever. I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. Who's going to win? So I, now I play really high stakes poker. Um, so, you know, even though I want, lost a lot of money, it's really crazy because you can have insane swings in poker. But so anyway, this game, this two day, um, run it back with Rimco show that I did a couple of days ago, we were revisiting this cash game. And the first day I was within 
45 minutes, I was stuck. $120,000. What does that mean? You lost a hundred? I lost, a, I was me. down a hundred. I was stuck. I was down. I'd lost $120,000 within 45 minutes. And oh it's a six God. hour game. I took a little walk. I came back and then I made it all back. And I ended the day up 140,000. So, so somebody then pays you $140,000. Yeah, you just, yeah, you get a whole bunch of chips. You put them in your box at the casino. And then the second day, I also, oh. right away, I got stuck like over $100,000. <gasps> and then by the end of the day, I had won a hundred and I was up $180,000. So I almost made like $350,000 in two days. So but is that the thing the, now is that the most what's the most you've ever has there been an amount that you've won and been like, holy shit, I can't believe this. I would have to say anytime any anytime I win over a hundred thousand dollars, I'm really, really happy. Uh I, I don't even want to tell you the most I was ever stuck. Oh, you know what? I will tell you. Oh, this is terrible. I feel you really can terrible if you about want, but you don't it. have to. Okay, once I was stuck, I really lost my mind. And when I say degenerate, I mean degenerate. <laughs> I was, uh, this sounds terrible, but I wrote an article about it. So it's out there. All right. I was playing with all these people, a, a game that was way too big for me. Cause you know, a lot of these people are money laundering, you know, they're, right. they don't, they're, they're heirs to billion dollar for billionaires. Like and whatever. There's like mafia, Russian mafia involved you get kind of, in things, Sometimes right? you get a little scared when you're playing poker. You're yeah. like, I don't, uh, like yeah. once I was playing a game, I was like, Geez, I really hope a good bunch of guys with machine guns don't burst in the room. It was in a hotel room in Las Vegas, uh -huh. you know, and there were some pros there and everything. But the guy that they were playing with just seemed like some sort of Russian ugly arc. But <laughs> I once played at the Bellagio with the guy. They're like, oh, we have another player for you. And we all looked up and we go, we didn't look up. We went, we're already nine handed. And they go, well, you're going to be 10 handed. And this guy sat down and he was some Saudi Arabian prince or whatever. And he had a guy just like in Guys and Dolls, there was a guy sitting next to him that had a really, really long, it was like a violin case. I, I swear to God, it, was, it looked like it was it was really long. And I swear to God, there was like a AK-47 or some kind of rifle in there. Like, why would you have a case that oh, shape? And it was the God. prince's bodyguard. Oh, um, God. And are you bringing cash? To, I mean, this. I know these are the stupidest questions I've no, ever you don't, asked. You don't bring, you don't bring cash because people are afraid of getting robbed. So are you just giving people your address and saying, if, if I lose a hundred thousand dollars and you never you see show, me again, you show up and it, that's where it's really dangerous. Cause at the casino, you're only playing with money. You have like you right. have 30,000 in your box. When it's over, you get up and walk away really sad. The hotel room in Vegas, they go, how much do you want? Cause they know you're good for it. This is how uh, in Molly's game in the book, like people get into trouble and they lose their plumbing business or, you know, their mom's diamond necklace because they want to tap into people's sickness. Yes. And so um, at this game, I, I usually play a game where you buy it for $10,000 oh and this game Lord. was a $50,000 buy. <gasps> I don't, it's, it gets worse. Everybody was like a billionaire. It was like a really crazy game at the at 10 in the morning. I was stuck $1,250,000, which oh. I didn't have. Oh. I didn't even, I didn't have it. That was like way back before oh. I had, like I, I have more money. I didn't have it. And I was like, I guess I'll have to, I found my, as a monopoly, I guess I'll have to turn my house over like monopoly mortgage to the house. So I had no idea how I was going to pay it. And that's what happens. You get the gambling fever and you're just like, I'm going to dig my way out of it anyway. So I go, 
but this is what happened. I was stuck. I was stuck a hundred, a million dollars. So anyway, I go over there. I'll, I go over to the, I go, oh, that's it, guys. I mean, when you, when you're down a million dollars, you should tap out. So I sat there with just the empty felt in front of me. And I was like, that's it, guys. And they go, are you sure? And I go, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go home. And they were all sort of playing in silence. And then I walked over. Oh, and then I texted my business manager so she wouldn't have a heart attack. And I go, just a warning. I, I'm going to, I'm really, really stuck. And she goes, don't worry. You'll get it back. You always do. I most, I usually do. <laughs> it sounds bad. I usually do. And I go, not this time. It's worse than you could ever imagine. And she's like, what? What? Jennifer, where are you? Are you okay? And then I it's like, I can't be talking with my business manager. I have to, what to do? What should I do? What should I do? And then like a sleepwalker, I got up and I walked over to the guy that was giving me the chips. And I guess somebody vouched for me. Everyone thinks I have so much more money than I do, but I don't. <laughs> I just, you know, I just put on a good show. I Listen, I look at your Instagram and I'm like, Jennifer Tilly has a Jennifer's, ton of money. She's got, she's got the life. Well, this is now I have more than I did, but back then I didn't have that much. Back then I was still doing crappy straight to video movies right. so I could pay the rent. So anyway, I go, how many, when do you cut me off? And the guy kind of smirked at, at me and he goes, well, whenever you want to cut yourself off. I said, I mean, you just keep giving me chips if I ask for them. And he goes, yeah. And I go, give me 250,000 more. <gasps> and I go, guys, I'm back in. And they all started, they all cheered, which is a bad sign when people are cheering, when you're not leaving the table, they're like, yay. But at the time I thought they were like that, ah, Jennifer, she sure is plucky. Right. So that was like 1030 in the morning. I played like a fucking maniac. By noon, all the people had won, had gone home. It was me, another guy that's a pro. And uh, a guy who would like made the final table at the World Series of Poker. So it's me and two geniuses, but they didn't have what I had, which was like, you know how the 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 mom rolls over a kid on a tractor and then she has this superhuman burst of adrenaline and lifts the tractor. <laughs> That's what I had. I had supercharged. I was no longer really frightened. Jennifer, like, please don't hit me anymore. I was like, Fuck. Oh, I'm getting myself out of this. I hope I hope I can say that word. You can I, say everything. Can. Say fuck. So by noon, I was playing three-handed with these guys. One guy who at at four in the morning had been up over a million dollars was now stuck five hundred thousand dollars. <gasps> And I had made back a million dollars of the million two hundred and fifty. So I was pretty happy at the end because I was, I was stuck about I was stuck about two hundred thousand, but it was manageable. Are there a lot of women that play? I mean, you'll have to just forgive my ignorance, but I are- think I was the only one at the time that was playing really high stakes. There's Jennifer Harmon. She plays high stakes. She plays mixed games, but the no limit. Hold them. There was me and um, one other girl that I knew that would play. And when I say high stakes at the Bludger, I'm talking, you know, 2550. But this really, really, really big high stakes, I think I'm the only person that plays with my own money. No, there's another girl. Her name is Kathy. Now there's now there's more. At the time, there was not. There's a girl named Kathy Lynn. And I think she's like some corporate raider or something. She plays with her own money. And then there's another girl named uh, Lauren Roberts that also plays high stakes. And now. so there's three of us. Part of the reason why you were so successful in poker and continue to be is because you're a woman and these dudes don't, they kind of just underestimate you. I'm really aggressive and I have a yeah. lot of testosterone and I'm really um, competitive. Like when we were growing up, I was always like, 
wanting to be the best in everything. And I used to always hit home runs in, in our neighborhood game. And then uh, puberty happened. All of a sudden, the guys could hit it out of the ballpark. My home run, quote unquote, would only get me to first base or possibly second base if I ran really fast. Right. And so that's where I really love poker. And I do believe I have that degeneracy gene. So, oh, my um, God. Jennifer, I I am more in love with you now than I was when we started this. It's so fast. I mean, the stories are fascinating. uh, But you know, I I don't want to encourage other little girls to become DJs. I think you're like born to be a DJ. You know how in the the Queen's Gambit, she's born to be a savant. I was born to be a DJ. Oh my God. Well, Jen, I'm going to eat the oh food that you have said, I know we have to talk. I, I could talk to you. Do you have to put it in the microwave? No, no, it's, it's still warm. I, I microwaved it before we began. So no, it's still it's warm. Cold. You have to put it back no, in the microwave. I think it's war- no, no, Are it's you warm. sure? Yeah, I can feel it. I haven't tasted it yet. All right. But you know what? You're eating something with melted. But okay. So Jimmy is eating it. This is one of my favorite things. I love Southern breakfast, Southern fried, Southern food, everything. This is grits. And I used to do this with my cream of wheat before I discovered grits. It's grits. It has butter, salt and pepper and cheddar cheese in it. It's very good if you're on a diet. (laughs) Yeah. Now I've never had grits. And it's so funny because so many of my friends and I have memories of being in diners and restaurants restaurants with friends and them being like, I'm going to get grits. And I would be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to have grits. I made this with, like you said, butter, cheese, salt, pepper. It smells incredible. And I made them thick. Like you told me to make them thick. You uh-huh, said I right. like my yeah. grits thick. Yeah. I can't imagine that I'm not going to like this. It's just hilarious that like grits, for some reason, I was scared of them. And this smells like a dream. Well, I hope you like it. And, you know, there's different ways to eat grits. You know, people eat grits. You've heard of shrimp and grits, which is pretty good. Um, There's a place called the Tipsy Parson in New York. It's near my apartment that I used to live in. And um, they have shrimp and grits and, you know, good Southern fried, Southern cooking. And people sometimes they put honey or sugar and whatever. But this is my favorite way to eat eat grits. Usually if you order in a restaurant, you you can get butter with, but the cheese comes extra. If you want to add cheese, it costs extra. I I think I would pay extra for the cheese. I Mm -hmm. think the the issue that I might have is the texture because I haven't had them before. I wonder if it's going to be an interesting texture because it maybe it looks like a polenta or something. Yeah, it's like a pol. It's so like it really is like a polenta. Mm-hmm. Are you a, a texture person? Like a lot of people don't like runny. You know? Yeah, it can be a texture, but I haven't eaten so many things. I mean, I've never had sushi, Jennifer. I'm Tilly. astonished that you have not eaten when you gave me the list of the things that you haven't eaten, and this is like really a crazy <laughs> adventure. There were things. There were things that uh, I was like, I thought everybody, everybody had eaten them. Because when you sent me the list, I thought it was going to be really exotic things. And a lot of them very mundane. Caesar salad. I've never had a Caesar salad. Oh, is it because of the anchovies? Or it's, you know, I'd you, have never had an anchovy. I don't even know. It's if just, you eat a Caesar salad, you have to go to a restaurant where they make it at the table. You know, okay. don't go to a restaurant where you order it and they, you know, it's been sitting all wilted in the kitchen. Right. The, if you do have it made at the table, it's really good. Like you get the crisp romaine lettuce and the cheese and the, the anchovies. And you can also say not so much garlic, just a little oh. bit of anchovies, you know, just the wisp of See, a friend like you is going to be very helpful for me in this. You might have to come back again later down the line and do another thing. We have to go to a restaurant. Yes. Well, that's what I hope eventually with this podcast, I can do them live from restaurants. And we both can. And then maybe, you know, if you got very famous, you would probably get a free meal from the restaurant. And we can travel (laughs) because all I want after seeing your Instagram, all I want is to travel with you around the world. 
I'm, I miss, I, I really do miss traveling. Oh my God, your Instagram. But let me try these grits. Okay. I'm very excited. I'm not that scared. I was scared. Mm-hmm. Don't be frightened. Know, but I'm Don't not too frightened. scared. They're super thick. I didn't put a lot of water like you told okay. me. Okay. Here I go. Thick. First mm-hmm. time grits, Jennifer right. Tilly. Yay. It looks yummy. Oh my God. It's like mashed potatoes. Delicious. Like, mm. Oh, do you like it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping you do. I think you might've made them a little too thick, but they're you didn't very know the wrong thick. way to do it. Yeah. Oh, they're good. Let me take another bite. Jimmy, mm. I'm so proud of you. Mm, they're oh. cheesy and buttery and okay. delish. Now, when you go to Nashville, you can impress your friends and say, "Oh, I'm gonna have some of the. I'm gonna have some of them. Our grits." And this is a breakfast food. You have this. Oh for yeah, breakfast? you get that. You have sausage and grits, or you know, it's it's usually when they have it at a restaurant. I'll always get you know, usually when I'm in the south, and yeah. or you know, one of those places that have the country breakfast because I also love biscuits and gravy. But mm. if they have grits, I'll always order like a fried ham steak and then biscuits and um biscuits and gravy like with sauce so- have you had that with the oh, sausage I love biscuits gravy and with sausage country gray, oh, whatever so good. Oh. and then the grits on the side like the all the mostly carb breakfast when is the first time you ever had a grit had grits do you remember did your did your mom make them for you when you were no a kid? no no we i grew up in canada we have oh you know that's another thing you should eat poutine have you ever had that oh i love poutine you've eaten really French fries, in. right? French fries with uh, cheese and gravy on it, like yeah, no, cheese curd. Delicious. I love. Yeah. There's a poutine restaurant that I used to go to in West LA. I can't mm-hmm. remember it, but it was. It's not a fancy place, really? but it was poutine only. It was like thirty different kinds of poutine. It was. I didn't. I, I didn't realize poutine is a French word, but of course, because you know Canada is half French speaking. But so you had grits for the first time, probably not as a kid. I I don't remember. I think it's probably like I used to go to uh, Santa Fe a lot with my friends Michael and Sandra Hor. And, you know, they have a lot of Southwestern cooking. And I think that's probably when I when I had it the first time. And, and you're a pretty adventure. I bet you're a really adventurous eater. Are you not? Well, you know, when, I'm, when I write, when I go on vacation, I make plans and I, I do a little list because it makes you feel like, you know, so on my list will be. Like if I go into Paris, I'll be like, buy a new perfume. I'll say, drink a cocktail that you've never had before. And I'll say, eat something that you've never eaten before. And then I'll, I'll say other things like, have a spiritual experience, you know, run wow. into somebody that you know, it, and it's amazing. And it gives you a sense of satisfaction crossing these things off the list. And I'll, if I pack something that's sort of weird, like, you know, the the lace skirt with the puppies on it, I say, wear the lace skirt with the puppies on it. There's nothing worse than saying, well, I'll wear it where I'm here where nobody's going to see me. And then you're packing this thing back, going back home and going, well, I guess I'm never going to wear it. So right. I do a vacation list and my friends all, they, they think it's really fun and they do it too. I but that's what that. I was saying. If we were in a restaurant, look at me just shouting you down. Don't let Jimmy get a word in edgewise on his no, own podcast. You're doing we, great. I love this. I'm from a big family. And um, like when I married uh, Sam, my lovely ex-husband, but it took us a little while because because he would be like, yo, I was interrupting me. He's like, that was a comma. It wasn't a period. <laughs> he was so incredible. And what he did for animals, because, you know, I rescued mm-hmm. the love of my life, an 85-pound American bulldog um, named Edie. Mm-hmm. She's, I'll send you some pictures. She is the most, I mean, she changed my whole life, this dog. And I know that he was the ultimate animal rescue person. I wish I knew him. I he wish loved I knew him. him. You would have loved him. I, I wish that... 
I wish that we'd done the show at his house. The fascinating, it's just fascinating stories. But here is an email from a listener. They've written into babymouthpodcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com mm-hmm. with a food nightmare or a food problem that they have. And here we go. Dear Jimmy. I used to pretend to like sushi when I was young and dating. It seemed like every guy wanted to go to sushi on a first date. I'd have to fake my way through the meal and sometimes find ways to get rid of my sushi when they (laughs) went to the bathroom by wrapping things in napkins or sending it away with the waiter. Have you ever had a similar experience? Michelle from Bismarck. Yes. Actually, the first time I had sushi, I was doing an all-black version of vanities and we were filming down on Normandy and like 70th street like that right where the riots the LA riots started and uh the girls ordered they were ordering all this food and it was like soul food they have sweet potato pie and I thought sushi was soul food I'd never seen it before because you know I came grew up in Canada I went to college in the Midwest it came in a little pink box and it had um uh ribbon wrapped around it and I was like oh my god this is like it was really, really pretty, but I thought, wow, this soul food, like, you know, these Southern people eat the strangest thing. But I had the same problem because I never liked the raw sushi. The idea of eating raw fish was so gross to me. Yeah. You know, when you talk about texture, like that texture, like a, a tongue, like a cold tongue. I've never like, had that. I've never, like oysters. I can't, I'm like, what is an I hate, oyster? I, I hate oysters. I have a friend that always orders oysters. We grew up another story, but we grew up on an island where we were very poor and we would have to go and get oysters all the time because the, the beaches were thick with them and shuck them. Yeah. And so I associate that with being really like poor food. But anyway, the sushi, I started there's, I would suggest order EB. And Easy. if you don't know how to pronounce it, it's cooked shrimp. And it's basically a cooked shrimp on rice. So, and you can dip it in the wasabi oh. and it's really good. And also California roll is cooked crab right. and cucumber and avocado. It's very good. There's some sushis that are cooked. Because that's the only kind I've ever had is a California roll, but I've never had any other kind of sushi. EB is great. It's just a, it's basically a cooked shrimp on rice. It's very nice. But I've got my palate, I guess, has gotten sophisticated, a little more sophisticated. Now, also, like I would have spicy tuna crispy rice is very good. It's raw, but it's so spicy. It doesn't taste raw. But I... um. I eat now sushi if it's very, very thin, you know, if yeah. it's, it's really thin, it, it's good. Actually, now I kind of like raw sushi better. Yeah. Also, too, I mean, if you don't want to seem, you know, like an amateur or whatever, at sushi restaurants, you can always order, you know, those skewers. The, yeah. What's it called? The and they top. have tempura, right? Which is like tempura cooked. is always really good. You can order a tempura roll. You can look at the sushi. There's a lot of sushi that is cooked. Now, like have a- you have you ever been on a date or at a party where something was served and you were expected to eat it like at a dinner yes, party? My brother... My brother is very proud of how sophisticated he is. He's a New Yorker. <laughs> and he's always like, when I go there, I say, why don't you pick the restaurant, Steve? And he's all proud. And he also wants to pick something like strange or weird or, you know, like once I remember went to a Scandinavian restaurant. But he loves, he likes this thing called, because he really likes uh, Japanese girls and he's traveled to Japan and he yeah. knows like a lot of the culture. So we went to uh, this Japanese restaurant and I, I don't know if it's called Amakasi, it might be, but it, in Japan, it's a different name. And they gave him a menu and he was like, no, no, no. I want the Japanese menu that you give to the Japanese people. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, the Americans say like the this 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 kind of Amakasi better. And he's like, no, no, no. 
So I was explaining to her, I said, well, the only thing I don't like is those orange bubbles. Well, there's two of them. You know, they look like fish bait. They're like, it's like a, it's like a caviar, but it's orange. It's like salmon eggs. And then I said, and I don't like that orange squishy stuff. I guess I don't like orange sushi. And I didn't know how to pronounce the orange squishy stuff you know what that is it's uh i have no idea it's like some some something's liver or whatever but it's, it's just, not poke that's something different no no it, okay. it's it's sort of like <clears throat> somebody out there knows what Someone the orange squishy us. stuff is yeah and it's considered a delicacy and um the she she was like it seemed like she understood the very first because what with omakase they bring out little things on plates you have about 17 courses and the Whoa. very first thing she brought was the orange squishy stuff and i was like because mm. steve was looking at me very excitedly and if i was like oh i can't eat that or oh that's so gross i felt like because it was starting it off if the orange squishy thing came about you know seven courses in i could be like oh i'm full or that one i don't like so much right. but i felt like because it was the beginning of our grand adventure and i knew already i didn't like it and i was like please don't let me throw up. Um, so I popped it in my mouth and I took a giant glug of sake and tried, it's pretty much swallowed it down whole like a pill, uh, you know? Yeah. And I, and then I was like, Oh, that was, that was so interesting. Such an interesting flavor, but I did. Cause I didn't want to hurt That's nice. feelings yeah. and get us off to a bad start where Steve's like, Oh, maybe I should have picked, you know, some other place or Jennifer, you know, she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't, I made a wrong choice. Like to put that damper on the whole 17 course meal. I wasn't. Yeah, I think that's, that's good of you because I feel like if I were in that situation, I may have just been like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to wait for the next course. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. If I eat that, I'm going to throw up. That's the one thing that makes me throw up, but because it was supposed to be an adventure and like what's coming next. And you're a more of a, you're a more a group player. You're into it. You will, you will do it. I just, I think that this podcast is certainly helping me. Oh. Like, you know what? <laughs> just eat the damn thing. Just try it. Well, when we go to a restaurant in real time and we don't even have to be doing the podcast, we'll look at the menu. I'll order something I've never ordered and you'll order something you've never ordered. Oh my God. I love it. That would it be sounds fun. Jennifer Tilly. Thank you. This thank was you. so incredible. Really. I'm just, I, like I keep saying, I love you more now than when we started the podcast. You I'm just so happy I introduced life. you to grits. The grits are delicious. What the, was I so afraid of? They're I'm delicious, so cheesy, buttery things. And now I'm going to call my mother and see if she likes grits. Okay. Now we have my mother coming on. Hopefully, you know, you never know with my mom, if she can actually get on zoom and click the right buttons. I'm hoping she can. Lois, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Oh, you can hear my voice. (laughs) We must've just had a bad connection. Connection. I know this happened once before. It did. Remember that time? Like there was no voice and then we had to do it again and then it was okay. Oh my God. Well, what, how's it going, mom? What's going on? I don't know. Right now it's fine. No, I mean, how's it going in life? Oh, fine. I watched my little darlings today. They've been good. Good, good, good. You do Elf on the Shelf with them or what do you do? Yeah, they have Elf on the Shelf. And I don't know. Do you remember that Frosty uh, we had that played uh, Frosty the Snowman? No, it's about 20 years old or more. Well, I brought it over there today and they, first Violet was afraid of it, but then she loved it. It sings Frosty the Snowman and it's about 12 inches high and it's a Frosty. I don't remember that. I don't know. 
I think it's interesting to uh, mention now to the listeners that you were one of two kids in your sixth grade choir that they asked not to sing because you were tone deaf. Is that true? Not because we were tone deaf. We didn't have any, me and my girlfriend, Carol. Yes. We had no, um, not tone deaf. I don't know. No, just, no you're, you're tone deaf. I mean, I hate to tell you. I don't know if it's news said, to you now. Uh, just to mouth the words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then you have a son who's a Broadway performer and a singer. I know. I know. But you are, you are tone deaf because I love to, when I come home, have you come over to the piano and I'll hit a note like, sing this note, and you cannot match the pitch. Well, whatever. Not interested. Can you believe that um, this podcast has now already been heard in 57 countries? Wow. Like there's people in India sitting around listening to you talk about tuna fish. Thank you for listening. There you go. All right. Well, that's right. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that, that the reach of a podcast that I just make in my own house could be heard by all those people. I know. It's, it's really something. I know. You might become a big star, Mom. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. One of the reviews on Apple Podcasts says, I don't know who's going to become a bigger star first, Jimmy or his mother. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Now, I wonder if you've ever had grits, because that's what I ate this week with Jennifer Tilly. Yes, I had grits, but you were saying grips. No, I never said grips. You misheard me. No, yes, grits are down south. When we went to uh, Myrtle Beach, they serve grits. It's but I never had them. Maybe you never had them, but they're like, um, they remind me of Farina cereal. They're, I don't really like them. What's a Farina cereal? I never it's heard like, of that. It's um, like, can't explain it, Jim, but it's like, it's like a cereal to me. I don't really like them. Did you ever have polenta? Polenta. What? Oh, yeah. I. That's yeah. Polenta. That's um. What is that? Yeah. That's like a. a I've had. I've tasted that. I don't like. I don't think I ever had polenta, but grits they say are like polenta in the texture and consistency. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, I don't like either. I don't like them. But the thing about grits is, do you remember what you had in? The, you only had them one time when we went to Myrtle Beach. No, I, they serve them down south, like. You know, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what it consists of, but I, I don't like it. People like them. I mean, down south, they're very, uh, people are, uh, you know, very familiar with them. They serve them in restaurants all the time. Yes. I thought it was delicious because she said to put, make the grits very thick. So it comes, it's like oatmeal. It comes in like yeah. a can. Yeah. And then you just add water. It's not a potato, but I don't like the consistency of it, I think. Yeah. No, it's definitely a, it's definitely a texture, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you could have grits and gravy. You could have like biscuits and grits, I think. Yeah. But that's a down South thing. Grits. Yeah. We don't really have them in New Jersey. I don't think. No, I, I, well, you know me, I don't go out and eat that much, but. Yeah. Well, you went to the diners, the diner's still open or it's closed. now. No, the Lynnhurst diner closed and they don't know if they're reopening it because the pandemic really hit it hard. So they may reopen it, but it's been closed for a long time now. I'm surprised they're not doing takeout. No, nothing. They lost a lot of business because the owner died. And then I don't know who took it over, but then their service and food went 
like downhill, and everybody was going to the Colonial Diner or the um, what's the Candlewick. Candlewick. They have very good food. Yeah, you and, like the. And candle. they really lost. They lost a lot of business. I love the Candlewick, but Linhurst Diner. Did you used to go there when you were a kid? Was the Linhurst Diner around then? No, I didn't go there when I, I started. We started going there like in high school. Oh my God! So it's been there for sixty years. Well, it's been there a while. Whoa. It's been there before that. There was an article about them in the paper, and I forget how long they've been there forever. They had good breakfasts in there, very good breakfasts. Home fries and eggs and whatever you wanted, pancakes, waffles. Yeah, I know. I love that diner. And I remember one time when I was in high school, after a big concert, we all went there and it was a Friday night and I ate a cheeseburger. And of course, growing up in a Catholic family, as I did, we never had meat on Friday and I ate this cheeseburger on Friday. And I remember I called you when I was in a panic because I thought I did something horrible to Jesus himself by eating a cheeseburger on Friday. I don't remember that at all. Well, I do. It was traumatizing. (laughs) I think people should just eat whatever they want to eat whenever they want to eat it. Well, they do that nowadays. can eat whatever you want. Yeah. And what do you like to get at the Candlewick? And the Candlewick is in East Rutherford, right? Oh, they have this... Uh, this salad that I don't know if it's sesame chicken salad and it has oranges in it and cranberries and nuts and it is out of this world. <laughs> I love it. And then chicken, um, you know, pieces of uh, grilled chicken. It's mm. excellent. It's very good. You could order that takeout. You know, it's I good. Know. You should because then you give them some business. That's the thing. They're biz- Jim, I don't think they lost any business during the pandemic because oh. they had the big big tent outside and they had outside dining and I, I, they might in the very beginning, a couple of uh, months, but after that, there was lines waiting to get in and they oh. had, they had curbside pickup and people, they have all tables outside plus a tent. Oh, good. I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you could get that salad. Yeah. It's excellent. And where's the Colonial Diner? Because it's, it's up on Orient Way, of course, from the cemetery. Oh, the one and that's they real had old tech too. It's real old, but they have good, good food. I'm telling you, there's no place like Jersey that has diners. Like maybe in Astoria, Queens, because it's a Greek neighborhood and they have incredible Greek diners. But when like going to the diner in Jersey is like a, it's like an event. It's like you go, you get your dinner and then you sit there and then you get your dessert and coffee. And then you sit, you could go for three hours to eat one meal. I know you're right. Yeah. It's like a cultural New Jersey thing. Yeah. There is a lot of diners, a TikTok diner too. On route three, that's, they have real good food there. I too. love the TikTok. They have waffle fries. Oh, they do. Mm, I mean, I haven't been there in years and you know, in LA, we don't have that many diners. I wonder why. I don't know. Our favorite diner that's all the way in West Hollywood called Swingers, they closed completely down like two weeks after the pandemic hit in March. They they said, we're done forever. Um, it was this LA staple. And then something happened and a woman who started off there as a waitress and then she was a general manager, she did a GoFundMe and uh, she raised enough money and now she just opened it back up. And now, of course... They closed outdoor dining in Los Angeles. And now, well, I hope it doesn't close again. 
I know. Because you can't, if you don't have indoor dining, people, you just can't survive. I know. Well, they can't in have LA. It. It's too, right now, it's just way too risky. No, you can't have indoor. But in LA, you could have outdoor. But even, outdoor. you know, because I, I was confused as to why they closed outdoor. And my friend said, because people were calling up their friends and going, let's meet at the place and eat outside. And then people of all different households are eating at a table of six or eight. Yeah. And, that's and also not- the people that work there, the workers. Yeah. It's not so close. you can't have, so you can't have it, but I hope swinger survives and I hope the Lynnhurst diner survives. That would be really sad if it was there for 60 years or more. I think it was more than that. That's crazy. It's bad. All these stores are closing. And what else? And what's the other place you like to go in Lynnhurst? Jalomes. Is it with an N or an L? Jalomes or Jalomes? Yeah, G-E-L-O-N-E-S. Oh, N. Oh, this new pizza place is coming to Park Avenue in Rutherford. I can't th- think of the name of it, but it it's in the it's in the village. It's it's world known. It's in the village. I forget the name of the pizza place, but it's real tiny and there's no, you had to wait a year and people waited to get in because the pizza is so fabulous and it's coming to Park Avenue in Rutherford in May. It's in the, when you say the village, you mean Greenwich Village in New York? Yes. Oh, is it Prince Pizza? No, it's called Pizza Something. I don't know. I forgot the name of it, but it's, it's coming to Rutherford. I can't wait. I know, but you might have to wait a year to go in there. I know. Well, I don't know how big the place in Rutherford's going to be, but they said in the village, it was such a sm- a little small pizza place and people would just wait to, to get in because there was no reservations and uh, they didn't care. That's how good the pizza was. I wonder I think what they it have is. other stuff. I don't know. You think it's with a G or a J? Yeah, pizza something. It's called P I Z Z A. I don't know. Juline, Juline, Ju something. I don't know. Hmm. I have to look it up. Yeah. But you're not going to go there and wait online. Well, I'm not going to go there when it first opens, but, and they have pasta and other stuff, but Mm. they're they're known for their pizza. Oh, that's great. Who would have thought in Rutherford, right? Another pizza place. That's all we need. That's all you need. I wonder how many you have in Lyndhurst. Oh my God. I think there's one on every corner, like a nail salon. There's like one on every corner. Yeah. At least 10 pizza places. Don't you think? Oh, definitely. That's crazy. I know. But they're all open, so they must be making some business. Yeah, pizza seems like a pandemic-proof, pandemic-proof pizza. All right, Mom. Well, that's it. Have a good night. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. The Baby Mouth theme song is performed by me and was written by me and Jesse Vargas. Jesse also orchestrated, recorded, and mixed the song. The Baby Mouth artwork was created by Tim Quartier. You can follow the Baby Mouth Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Mouth Pod. Tell me about your own personal food nightmare. Have you ever been forced to eat something horrible at a fancy party or on a first date? Is there a food you're afraid to try? I want to know all about your scary food experiences. Email me at babymouthpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to Baby Mouth wherever you get your podcasts. And please, don't forget to leave a review. Baby Mouth